It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today's Drive for Excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Monday to you, producer Steve. Striving for excellence on a Monday? <laughs> That's what okay. we do. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I know you're on board. Yes, we have... So much that is going on. Oh my gosh! I didn't get, I didn't get much weekend in my weekend this weekend, <laughs> producer Steve. <laughs> Actually, because there's so much going on. I think it, for you, it's the other way around. You had way too much weekend. <laughs> what do they say? Uh, Ten pounds of stuff in a five-pound bag. Yeah, yeah. We had a had a lot going on. I did something. Uh, we're we're working on. We're going to be rolling out. A couple of new things here, so you need to stay tuned. And Zach has said, Kim, you need to get some new photos. And I do not like to be photographed, <laughs> producer Steve. But uh, but I uh, did that on Saturday. I went out to Jansen Photography in Lakewood. And uh, I tell you what, they what an amazing job that Glenn Jansen did uh, with the camera and uh, Mary Jansen as well. And I was just thinking about it. Um, in our media training workshop that I've done with um, Helen Raleigh, we've said, you need to have good headshots. It is so amazing to me that we have people that are running for office, that are out there you know, wanting to be in the public sphere, and they don't have good headshots. And I, after this whole experience with the... Jansen Photography, it's like, call them. They uh, have done a great job, and uh, good headshots, good photos are worth so much. So anyway, I did that on Saturday, and then we've got this um, Colorado Union of Taxpayers rating of bills, and I was up very, very, very late last night uh, working on getting the email ready to send out to legislators and everyone that's on the email list. If you want to be on that email list, Currently, just to go to the Colorado Taxpayer dot or Colorado Taxpayer dot org, and just send an email that you'd like to be added onto that. But I go to the we have this really great um, software system that is called Bill Track Fifty, and they actually track all the legislation in all fifty states as well as in Congress. I mean, it's pretty amazing what this woman has created, and. Um, Anyway, on Friday afternoon at four o'clock, it has all the bills to be rated. So then I, or excuse me, all the bills that are scheduled for hearing for the next week. So I trepidly go to my computer to see how many there are. There was almost 90 for this next week, Steve. 90 new pieces of legislation. That is not needed, Steve. In, so anyway. <laughs> in Colorado alone or? In Colorado. Yeah, Colorado alone. Terrific. Colorado alone for this week. 
And then I uh, decide which ones to ask the team of board of directors to rate. And then they get it to, uh, they, they work on it all weekend and they post that by four o'clock on Sunday. And then uh, I go through and uh, I, I I need to then um, post all that to the, the website and then also create an email, which is done last week. This is going to be the first week it's going to go out on time uh, that will go out to everybody at 915 this morning. So it's it's a monumental task that this group of people have been doing since 1976, if you can believe. It's all volunteers, but volunteers that care about the people of Colorado, Steve. And yet... Even with that organization and what they've been doing and things like Tabor, we still have, you know, in present day, uh, we have a you know, col- Congress in, in Colorado that just wants to do whatever they can do to, to bypass these efforts. Um, yes, true. Uh, however, that more and more people are waking up more and more people are engaged and this gives you the knowledge to what is going on because um back actually people on both sides of the aisle want to keep everyday citizens confused and uh that is why what what this group of people at the colorado union of taxpayers has been doing for all these years and i i have to give a shout out to marty nielsen the past president. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe how much work she's done. We're working on delegating <laughs> these duties out among all of us. She's one of those people. You know those people that they they just they just get it done. Um, but um, we need to delegate just a little bit because Steve, we've got a lot going on trying to save this state and trying to save this country. Well, the first step, and you've already alluded to it, is trying to educate, trying to get people informed. Instead of just, you know, the, what's our, our friend Victor Davis Hansen and said, you know, that it's all ex- existential, meaning that it it impacts your very existence. And yet there's so many people who haven't figured that out yet. You know, that is true. There will always be 20 percent that will just drink the Kool-Aid that that is for sure. But there's a big, broad 80 percent there, Steve, that's waking up. And that's who we're, we are speaking to. So let's uh, let's go to our quote for the day. Okay. And I, th- yeah? I swear, if you want a word picture, I swear that those twenty percent is someone to walk walk up to him and say, uh, "Hold out your arm. We want to cut off your your hand." Hold out your arm. We want to jab you many many times with an yeah. um, emergency use authorization drug that uh, we're finding. Oh, in fact, we're going to be talking with Doctor Brian Judef, June Deaf here in just a little bit about. I, do you go to your computer and here we have middle-aged and young people die, 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 die. I mean, it's crazyville out there. And so we're going to talk with him about that. But uh, let's go to our quote for the day. And this is from Henri Frederick Amiel. He was a Swiss. How do you like my accent on that? Was that good? Oh, that was classic. <laughs> <laughs> was a Swiss moral philosopher, poet, and critic. Born in 1821, he died in 1881. And I chose character because there's a lot of character that is lacking on both sides of the aisle right now and in between. And he says, it is not what he has nor what he does, which is which directly expresses the worth of a man, but what he is. And I thought that was very appropriate for everything that we're going to be talking about today, Producer Steve. Morally, ethically, yes, all, all of the above. 
Yes, all of the above. Which, a uh, couple of things. Um, I don't know which one to go to first. I guess we'll go to the bill of the day. Senate Bill 23137, transfer to Colorado Economic Development Fund. And it is... Um, uh, here we go. It says the Joint Budget Committee. The bill authorizes the state treasurer to transfer $5 million from the general fund to the Colorado Economic Development Fund. The bill requires the Colorado Office of Economic Development to use the transferred money in connection with the federal creating helpful incentives to produce semiconductors, chips, and Science Act of 2022. The bill also requires the office to submit an annual report to the Joint Budget Committee detailing how the office is expending the transferred money. Uh, I uh, we talk I talk about economic development quite often uh, because uh, many. Um, um, cities or towns, uh, counties have economic development offices. And my gosh, doesn't that sound great, producer Steve? Well, that's the game that's being played these days. Always put something, always put some kind of a facade out there that makes it sound like, well, you'd be nuts not to want to do this. Right, um, because economic development, we like that makes us think about human flourishing. That seems like a, a potential good idea. But actually, what the economic, the Office of Economic Development does, first of all, it's it become it's a bureaucratic office. It's unaccountable to the people. It's unelected. It's bureaucrats, a bureaucracy, uh, and of course, the people that are in that office are not working for free, Steve. So obviously, money is taken off the top for whatever it is that they say to pay all these people to do this. But it picks winners and losers. So it says to one company, hey, we'll give you um, a sales tax share back or we'll reduce some rules and regulations or we'll reduce your taxes if you come to my city or my county or, or Colorado to do business. What about all the businesses that are already here? So if you're saying to a business, hey, if we give you sales tax share back, if we, uh, again, reduce taxes, reduce rules, regulation, whatever, uh, that, is, that, is, that is attractive for you to come here to do business. Well, hey, what about all the other businesses? Reduce taxes, reduce rules and regulations and across the board. That is what I always contended. And I am very pleased to say that as for the four years that I was on City Council of Lone Tree, we did not do any, air quote, economic development deals because I do not believe that government should be picking winners and losers. But boy, so, have they made up for it since then. <laughs> well, and and to that point, uh, if you look at um, you know what is happening in Lone Tree and uh, under the guise of economic development, I mean, it is so ugly with what is with all of these different um, buildings and all and. And it's really not helping the people of Lone Tree whatsoever because Lone Tree is a sales tax revenue city. And so putting in all these office buildings, uh, it doesn't help the city whatsoever. But they've, and, and they've been using the money that's been generated off of uh, Park Meadows Mall to push forward this agenda. And actually, when you look at the agenda that's occurring down south of, um, Lincoln, it really is the agenda of the World Economic Forum that's being pushed forward by by Republicans, I, I will tell you. But I got so a question. Again, in, okay. in terms of this bill, SB 23137, it makes it sound like the private sector just isn't getting the job done, right? 
In other words, we need to pour some government money into this. Oh, well, and of course, uh, this was also this federal money, which they don't have the money. They're printing it and they're borrowing it from our kids. And so at some point in time, we need our representatives, our elected representatives to say no, to not do this anymore. But anyway, um, oh, I was going to tell you. So when uh, Schwab came into Lone Tree, I was on, on the city council and I'm, I was still just connecting the dots. And I said, so I have, you know, has there been economic development dollars that's been offered to Schwab by, by Lone Tree? And, and they said, no, not at all. And so I did not ask the question though. I did not say, but what about the state of Colorado? Rookie. The state of Colorado offered them millions of dollars. Rookie. To, <laughs> yeah, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. So anyway, uh, this uh, SB 23137, the prime sponsors are uh, Democrat Jeff Senator Jeff Bridges, um, Republican Senator Barbara Kirkmeyer. Uh, rep- um, D- Democrat Senator Shannon Byrd and Republican Representative Rod Bockenfeld. And I'm surprised Bockenfeld has his name on this because he's normally very, very good regarding the proper role of government. Kirk Meyer, we're going to be talking about her a lot. She is uh, being, she's got a lot of sponsoring, a lot of very bad things. Um, <clears throat> uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> I guess I digress on that. But um Anyway, this is not the proper role of government. This uh, is giving more money to a, a bureaucracy and bureaucrats that are unaccountable and, and uh, unelected by the people and to the people. Um, picks winners and losers re- regarding businesses. And um, very, very disappointed about this, Producer Steve. Hey, before you go to break, uh, by the way, I guess you're going to break, but uh, the outcome of yesterday's Super Bowl? <laughs> it appears well, that first Ca- of all, <laughs> go ahead. It appears that Kansas City won, but since the game was played in Arizona, we're going go, Arizona. We're going to have to wait two weeks before the official outcome <laughs> is known, and then we'll find out that Philadelphia won. <laughs> could be, <laughs> could could be as uh, talking about the Kerry Lake um, race there, Steve. As I mentioned, I was working on all this stuff for the Colorado Colorado Union of Taxpayers, so I really only paid attention to the last thirty seconds of the game, and that's really all that mattered. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's true. I just I couldn't believe the differences in the first half and the second half, and uh, you know. <laughs> At this point, how many Super Bowls have we seen? How many years of you know the NFL? Anything is possible. And, and and you know what? That's one of the beautiful things about America is anything is possible. And so I just I just love that. I couldn't believe it. It's like okay, I think I'll just turn around and, and look at this just a little bit. And it's like this is all that mattered. What what an exciting game though! What a great Super Bowl! And congratulations to Kansas City and hats off to Philadelphia. What what a great game! And uh, the show comes to you because we have these amazing amazing sponsors. And at the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance. Agency. Roger knows that life can be challenging. It's the Mangan's team mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. Call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card. 
Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card. Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app. But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that. Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's it's called service. Whoa, I can call my agent, too? It's called service. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org, ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. You get first look at our, our most recent essays, our upcoming guests, and um, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice on an independent station, bringing truth and clarity to you as we look at these issues through this lens of of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. I am so pleased to have on the line with me John Tig Tegan, uh, and he is—he's uh, famous. He was—he's um, he, an American hero, but he's also running for mayor for uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, Tig Tegan, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you, Cam. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, first thing, uh, you were involved with Benghazi, correct? So, tell us just a little bit about that. Uh, so Benghazi, I mean, it's just well, almost 11 years ago now, but uh, it was where uh, U.S. Ambassador uh, Chris Stevens and Sean Smith uh, were killed at, in the consulate. Uh, they, were, they died of smoke inhalation, and that's when uh, we were told Al-Qaeda was on the run, but it was actually all different. It was eight different Al-Qaeda uh, groups that attacked us. They all came together to attack the consulate, and then... Uh, my job was to protect the CIA compound, um, and we left with, you know, without orders to leave. We, we defied a stand-down order to go rescue the remaining five Americans, and we got them, brought them back to our compound. And then another 
separate Al-Qaeda group attacked our compound three times. And unfortunately, the, the final attack uh, ended in mortars that killed uh, Glenn Doherty and Tyrone Woods, two Navy SEALs. And uh, it was a, well, then it was a local Libyan and actually Gaddafi's, Gaddafi's army that got us out of Benghazi. Wow. And uh, uh, really a true American hero on that. I, As you're mentioning that, I, I, I remember the the pictures of Ambassador Stevens and um, pretty, pretty unbelievable. But uh, Tig Tegan, uh, we are, uh, we're also in a battle in America here um, for our country. And, and it's a different battle. It's a battle of ideas. It's a battle of uh, ideals. And so you have decided to run for mayor for Colorado Springs. Why? We need leadership. We need change. We need new faces in there. We need new ideas, and we need to get rid of the corrupt individuals that have been doing it for decades. And just, it's, you know, and my kids are going to be living here. Our kids are going to be living here. I mean, change, not, it's not going to happen overnight. So, you know, for us, uh, I mean, at least for me, I'm kind of old, but uh, we won't really reap the benefits because, again, it's going to take decades for things to truly turn around and become the America that it's supposed to be again. And I just needed to start need to start somewhere, and I figured, why not do mayor? I mean, I just you know, actually, so I've been in just over a month now, so it's all new to me. But again, leadership <laughs> is leadership. You know, what's so interesting is um, I think that uh, you will find that politics, it's its different, but it is a battle. Uh, in fact, um, it, I mean, there, there's there's nothing more, oh, I don't know what the word is, but it's politics, evil. yeah, maybe that's the, maybe that's <laughs> the word. So when is the election? Uh, the election is April 4th, so I got, I don't, you know, just, it, it's fast. So they, they've been, some of these guys, they've been in it since January, since the beginning of the year. And I kind of started late, pretty much kicking off in February. Okay, so, gosh, that is coming around. That is a very early one. I thought normally these elections are either in May or November. So April, uh, so the current mayor is the current mayor running again are they term limited who is the current mayor no he, he's turned out and uh he, he did his uh two terms and his uh southers i was in there and um but okay. to me, he was supposed to be he's supposed to be a republican and standing up for you know his constituents rights and freedoms and even he didn't do that under the COVID. i mean he was allowing the uh, health department to come in and shut businesses down and using them as a police force and and it's, okay. it's all sides that are just messed up, and they're okay. we're going in the wrong direction. Okay, so how many candidates are there for mayor right now? And <laughs> they normally they call it a nonpartisan race, right? So people don't know. I mean, yeah. they're not designated yeah. whether or not they're Republican or Democrat or no, unaffiliated. No. Um, I think I think half the city's running, um, <laughs> but there's. <laughs> There's 12 of us. I mean, which is good. That means people, there's there's a lot of citizens that are fed up with these establishment and people that are being groomed to become politicians. They, you know, they're just tired of it. Okay. And so there is there any other uh, questions on the ballot? Is there city council people or anything like that? Running for mayor? 
Uh, well, in, in this election, will there be other things that people can vote on in Colorado Springs? Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple of um, city council members that are I think that are up for vote. Um, but you know, it's but you know, one of the guys that's running, he's the one that brought Dominion into Colorado, and his wife is on the count is on the uh, uh, the oversight to see what who they use for the election. And again, the same guy who brought the Dominion in actually oversees the ballot, and of course his or the, his company is the one printing the ballot and getting his wife for the bidding. I don't know, just just, just there's all kinds of uh, hmm. just weird things hmm. going on, and you know, to me, it just seems like it's conflict of interest for him to be running for mayor when he owns the company and his wife chooses what company gets to be the voting system. You know, that is really uh, curious, Tig Tegan. And in fact, yesterday I published um, an essay that I've been working on for quite some time in my mind. And you can find it at KimMunson.com. And uh, if you're on our email newsletter, you would have gotten uh, the first look at that. But what I've done on that is uh, I've started to connect the dots between... Um, radical activist Democrats and Republican consultants, that Republican consultants that have been selling us out. And so what you're talking mm-hmm. about, I think, is um, probably something that that people might want to check out. So I've, I've done my first essay on this. It's called Radical Democrats and Republican Consultants Are Complicit in Colorado's Troubles. So I would recommend that people check that out. But at the very end, people are always asking, what can we do? And at the very end of the essay, I've said, well, what, what can we do? I said that, uh, first of all, it's time to say no to these, I call them PBIs, these politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, and their self-serving agendas. And it's time for... Um, moderate Democrats, libertarians, unaffiliated rep- Republicans and conservatives to unite to reclaim the Colorado that we love. And we need to shrink government and empower Coloradans to live our lives. Yep. And we need to come together and elect individuals who represent we the people. So this sounds kind of like uh, a description of you, Tig Tegan. <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of. I mean, I don't. I, yeah, <laughs> I but my, I want to give power back to the people because, again, what I mean, the city council here just voted to take more um, right or uh, more control away from the people by saying if you live in a neighborhood, you have no say on what 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 builders come in and want to put in. They took the voice oh. back from the people. I, which that, I don't see how that's possible. It's just it's it's crazy to me. It's a that's a property rights issue. So, couple of things. I did notice that uh, th- that there seems to be some question about your residency. So, please address that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I have I own a house down in Pueblo County, actually just barely inside Pueblo County, but I moved into the Springs, and uh, I finally got a, a stable place. And I was kind of bouncing around. You know, I went from living in Airbnb to living in an RV park to finally get an apartment, but in, there was like a two-month gap where I was just kind of traveling around because I went to actually, because I, I suffered from a TBI um, from so much combat, that I went to a treatment facility. So, you know, I didn't really have a, a permanent residence until I got this one that I'm in now. And I changed, I thought I changed my voter registry in, in mid-October. And then I went to go call the the, the the elections office to see where I go vote because normally I would just get an absentee ballot and I'd fill it out and I'd go drop it off. 
because of where I lived. I lived just, again, I mean, I always had to go all the way up in Pueblo West. I lived by PPIR. So I just did the absentee ballot. Um, but when I called, they said, you're not registered here. You have to go down the Pueblo and vote. And I just said, whatever, went down there, voted. And to me, I didn't think anything of it. So I was mainly focusing on the, the governor's race. Um, and that's that's kind of where they they said somebody turned me in and said I wasn't qualified. I mean, I like how they said somebody. They said it was a local news source and a private citizen. Um, but whatever, you know, I, I, I still think you should be able to face your accuser and they should have to prove that you were wrong and I shouldn't have to prove that I'm innocent. But I guess we're totally different nowadays. Um, but that's kind of where it came from was where that why they said I wasn't eligible, which I knew I was. And the only thing, again, I, I said it once. I mean, the only thing they could probably get me for is voter fraud, but I didn't do anything nefarious. I didn't lead them with any misinformation, and it just is what it is. So what they're trying to do, though, is kick you out of the race, correct? Oh, yeah, from the very beginning. And, they, you know, okay. they didn't even get my name correct on the ballot, even though the signed affidavit that they said I lied on about my residency, you know, had it as John T. Tigan on the ballot, and, of course, they didn't put it in there like that. Okay. Okay. Now, the next question, how can people do you, uh, you, you know, where's your website? How can people get more information about you? It's uh, tigformayor.com, all spelled out. And I try to make it as easy as possible. And that's why I put TIG on the ballot also, because, you know, for me, like a lot of people who are not involved in politics, you know, they'll, they'll, my, my idea was that they'll see the sign as TIG. And then when you go to the ballot, you see TIG. It's easy to remember one name versus two names or three names. Okay, so again, that is tigformayor.com, correct? Yep. Yes, sir. Okay, well, thank you. This is this is how we're going to reclaim America, by everyday people stepping forward to represent we the people. So, Tig Tigan, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you. And again, that election is April 4th in Colorado Springs. Yeah, thank you, Cam. I'm definitely going to check out your article. i got a lot to okay. learn. <laughs> Most definitely, yes. And you can find that at Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And these these important issues come to you because I have so many great sponsors. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, Take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact 3pointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers regularly with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today 
at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Is the thermostat broken? The Public Utilities Commission approved another rate increase, and I can't afford the bill. Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. And there are two very important essays that we rolled out uh, yesterday. And you can find those at KimMunson.com. The, f- the first one is uh, Pam Long. She was on last week. And you will not believe the image that Zach came up with. But it's how the new Office of Gun Control shall infringe on the Second Amendment. And then my essay that... Uh, um, we published as radical Democrats and Republican consultants are complicit in Colorado's troubles. So be sure and check that out. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. I'm thrilled to have on the line with me uh, Dr. Brian Jundef, and he is um, an excellent writer, and he's published something recently that was pu- published at uh, Rasmussen, RasmussenReports.com, and a very important piece. It's, Why Have So Many People Died Suddenly? Dr. Brian Jundef, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. Nice to be with you. Dr. Jundef, I open up my computer every day, and I see a report of a young person, middle-aged person that's died suddenly. And I'll look and I'll say, um, you know, or I'll look to see what, what the cause was, and it's like undetermined. And so many people are dying from undetermined deaths right now. Um, you're concerned, yes? Yes, this is definitely an anomaly. We have not seen this before. I don't recall news reports like this in years past. Sure, people die suddenly and uh, occasional freak death of an athlete or something, but we're hearing these reports daily of young and otherwise healthy people dying, particularly athletes, high school athletes, heart attacks, strokes, blood clots. Uh, Clearly something's amiss, and this should be addressed rather than just chalk it up to unexplained, doctors mystified, and pass it off as normal because clearly there's an anomaly here, and it behooves health authorities to investigate, give an explanation. People are concerned, as the Rasmussen Reports survey demonstrated. Half of Americans um, have feelings about this, possibly linking this to the vaccines. It either is or it isn't, and it should be easy to prove one way or the other. Well, and what's amazing to me is that, and I'm going to put experts in air quotes because uh, one of our listeners, uh, we were talking about experts on Friday, and she said, I don't really uh, want to believe what experts have to say anymore. Uh, And I think many people are like that. I was with someone on Friday. He said, I'm not getting any more of those jabs. Uh, but yet you see the CDC, the CDPHE here in Colorado, they're continuing to 
not even acknowledge these unexplained deaths and then trying to um, put like, for example, onto the children's vaccine schedules uh, that they need to get this um, still um, experimental drug. I, I mean, we, we, we've got to keep talking about this, but it seems like mainstream media is just ignoring this, Dr. Uh, Brian Junedeff. Well, they are. The mainstream press is not asking questions, and the health authorities, the CDC, NIH, FDA, all should be investigating. Uh, academic medical centers, researchers, etc., should be compiling these cases, and it shouldn't be left to kind of independent journalists to be questioning this stuff. The reason is because in the future there's likely to be another pandemic, and if we need public buy-in for mandates, restrictions, etc., cetera, uh, those doing the mandates need to have credibility. If, if these sudden deaths are all explainable and are part of the normal uh, occurrences, then it should be easy for the CDC to prove that statistically and make the case that, hey, nothing to see here. This is normal. Look at the statistics. We can prove it to you rather than just ignore it. Instead, people are looking, uh, proving the other way, correlating vaccines and, and deaths and, and finding an uptick. And not, not just in the U.S., it's other countries. Excess mortality is uh, significantly higher in a number of other countries, anywhere from 10 to 30 percent higher than it should be, unexplained by COVID, unexplained by cancer unexplained by things that would explain an uptick like that. So what, what's, what's the answer? And the, ignoring it is not good public health because it destroys credibility in public health and medical institutions, et cetera. Well, and that's why your piece is so important to actually ask these questions. So tell us about Rasmussen reported. Well, first of all, you had quoted this. This is this is astounding. You said that in here that um, this trend that the average number of deaths between January 2021 and April of 2022 is 1700% higher than the monthly average between 1966 and 2004. Now, I've got to remember, COVID arrived in 2020, correct? Am I remembering that right? Very early 2020. Okay. So this is not, again, air quotes, COVID deaths. So January 2021, this would be after the vaccine rollout. I mean, there seems to be a correlation, a correlation at least to ask the questions. Yes? Yes. Correlation does not prove causation, and that's important to know. Just because there's an association doesn't mean there's causation involved, but uh, it, it should be investigated. That's that's how we determine that, you know, smoking caused lung cancer. At some point, there was a, a correlation, and then causation was determined. So uh, that should be investigated. It's an important public health issue. But looking at the statistics, there's definitely a jump, including the overall excess mortality. Why are more people dying? Why is there why are there more miscarriages? Why is there more infertility? Why are these things happening? Uh, they should be explained. If it's a 
statistical blip, then please explain why. Don't just dismiss it and saying, oh, it's conspiracy theory, it's uh, uh, misinformation, disinformation. Science needs to be explained. And when you have anomalies like that, uh, we need an explanation. Well, well, absolutely. And and while we're talking about these deaths, um, we need to drill down to each of these deaths of, of these healthy young people, middle-aged people. There are people that love these people that have died. There, there is, there's hearts breaking because of this, and uh, and and we need to understand that. And because of that, we have a responsibility as fellow human beings to ask the really difficult questions. Um, Talk just a little bit about the questions on the Rasmussen reports, uh, what the questions that they asked. Well, they started by asking, um, you know, have you been vaccinated? And then how likely are vaccine side effects potentially a cause of these deaths? And of those surveyed, um, 70 odd percent were vaccinated, which is comparable to the national average. So this is not a, a skewed anti-vaxxer or pro-vaxxer uh, sample. It's it's average population. And Rand, uh, Rasmussen does good surveys that way. They get a good sample. And they found that uh, uh, half of a surveyed American adults believe that side effects of COVID vaccines have caused a significant number of unexplained deaths. So that's what people believe. It doesn't mean it's true, but that's public perception. You have half the country skeptical of this. Something's going on. This is, you know, if if half the people believed in UFOs and alien invasions, then, yeah, the, the government has some explaining to do. Why do people believe this? And it's, it's okay. You can't, you can't blame it on on media because most media is suppressing these stories. You don't see stories like this on any of the mainstream news networks, cable, broadcast, otherwise. Newspapers aren't covering it, so people are hearing about it. They're hearing about it anecdotally from friends, from neighbors, family members. And you're correct. Every death is tragic. Imagine losing a 17-year-old. Son or daughter, athlete, healthy, everything ahead of them, and they have a heart attack. How does that happen? Yeah, how how does that happen in America? So we have to be asking the question why. And uh, so this piece that you've done at Ras, uh, let's see, at Rasmussen Reports is so important. I'm talking with Brian uh, June Death about this piece that he recently has published, but I also want to talk with him about another one, and that is regarding the Colorado that I love. And we get to ask these questions. And when he says uh, that mainstream media is not talking about these issues, where can you find this information? The Kim Munson Show is a great place to do that, and it's because of these many great sponsors that I have. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. 
If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment for all customers. Come to Franktown for a comfortable, no-pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. Uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And just wanted to mention a nonprofit that I love, and that is the USMC Memorial Foundation. As you know, with all my work with uh, veterans on America's Veterans Stories show, which uh, yesterday, Sunday, uh, we uh, broadcast an interview with um, World War II and Korean War veterans. Veteran Kim Kimball. He came in studio. We recorded it. He and I went to lunch afterwards and just a great story that will rebroadcast this Sunday, uh, 10 to 11 p.m. and then next Saturday, a week from Saturday, 10 to 11 p.m. as well. So be sure and check that out. But you can help the USMC Memorial Foundation uh, raise money for the Marine Memorial Remodel. Uh, by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. I'm very pleased to have on the line with me Dr. Brian Jundef. And he uh, has, uh, you are writing so much, Dr. Jundef, and very important pieces. Writing takes a lot of time for me. Are you able to just just write these quickly, or does it take time for you to come up with these pieces? Um, um, Once I have the idea, I can actually put it together fairly fast. It's... uh... I don't know. I'm, I'm blessed that way that I can get my ideas down quickly, and uh, they flow. So it's it's uh, I enjoy it. It's a, a way of expressing myself and, and bringing these issues to people's attention. Hopefully, uh, they're of interest and they sway a, a few people's minds. At least get people to think about things that are well, and- otherwise not being covered. And if if things are being covered, I, I try to add a different twist and than what the mainstream media is presenting these things as or just ignoring them completely. Well, and when did you start publishing your essays? This was probably about 10 years ago. Uh, I'm approaching probably a 1,000 articles that I've written over the past 10 years. So uh, 
yeah, wow. it's, it's been a fun hobby, and I, I really enjoy it. And uh, Rasmussen and American Thinker are my uh, my homes for most of my writing. Okay. Well, let's talk about this. The American Thinker. Uh, you recently published a piece, Denver, Rocky Mountain High to Rocky Mountain Hellhole. And I came to Colorado. I love Denver. She was the, called the Queen City of the Plains. I love Denver. I love to go downtown. I've, I've just loved, loved Colorado, loved all that. Not so much anymore. I, I, I tried to go downtown. Never, if at all possible. It's filthy. It's crime-ridden. In fact, Colorado is number one in car thefts and bank robberies. Uh, So tell us, Rocky Mountain High to Rocky Mountain Hellhole, how did this happen, Dr. Brian Junedeff? Well, potentially a lot of reasons, but you're you're correct about the statistics Uh, in terms of violent crime and property crime. Uh, Denver is now ranked worse than New York and Chicago, and that's that's hideous. I mean, how could that be? You think of New York and Chicago as uh, crime-ridden, and here we are, Denver, number two in the country in auto thefts, and number one or two in fentanyl deaths. And there, there are a number of reasons. Denver is a sanctuary city, so we're overrun with illegal migrants that are coming, and uh, many are up to mischief. And that kind of deteriorates the neighborhoods. There's a big homeless problem in Denver. We're not addressing that. Uh, You drive downtown, you see that. Uh, There's a big drug problem, which is related to open borders and the sanctuary status where drugs are uh, readily available in Denver. And the police is popular. Um, Pulling back on, on police force and police protection, no cash bail, criminals are being caught and released. So they're out to commit crimes over and over again. And I think a lot of this boils down to leadership. Denver and Colorado are primarily under Democrat leadership. I chronicled the the shade of the cut uh, of the state over the past 20 years, going from a red state to a blue state. With Democrats in, in control of Denver mayor, the governor, legislature, major cabinet positions, and many of these Democrats. And judiciary policies, as well. Judiciary yeah. also. Yeah. Many, many of these policies are turning Denver and Colorado into San Francisco and California. And it's really unfortunate because it doesn't have to be this way. And yet it is. 16th Street Mall is, is basically a a no man's land now. There's very few businesses. And uh, I've heard anecdotally that landlords will pay people to set up business there, much less pay rent. They'll pay you to uh, set up a store there, but nobody wants to because it's dangerous. It's filthy. And um, turning a, a, a once vibrant downtown, my family moved here 20 odd years ago. We used to go to 16th Street Mall at night, walk around, have dinner. Uh, it was safe. It was fun. Now, no way. I wouldn't go downtown at all if I can avoid it. And that's I, well, and people people are voting with their feet. They're they're not going downtown, and it's it becomes a vicious cycle because people don't go to the businesses, the restaurants, and uh, that further adds to the decline. 
Right. And ultimately, so first thing I want to mention, and in my essay, I published an essay this weekend as well. And uh, the title on that is Radical Democrats and um, uh, Republican Consultants Are Complicit in Colorado's Troubles. And uh, I talked about um, downtown 16th Street Mall. And one of our listeners just texted this, said uh, Mayor Hancock is giving free rent to businesses that come into downtown. Uh, and uh, a lot of businesses are leaving because of the homeless uh, homeless uh, situation and violence. And this is um, because of Democrat policies. And in my essay, I want to make the point, when we talk about Democrat control, this Democrat party in Colorado has been hijacked by radical activists. This is no longer the Democrat party of JFK. And Correct. I made the point in my essay that JFK loved America and he loved Americans and was trying to put policies forward for human uh, human flourishing. That is not the case. And when you mention crime, uh, again, these radical activist Democrats are then trying to put in gun control laws that would prevent everyday hardworking people from having firearms to protect themselves and their families against this rampant crime that's going on in Colorado, Dr. June Depp. That's correct. It, it's it's they're making the situation worse and, and making it impossible for people to protect themselves. And when people realize that, they will exit. They will just not put themselves in those situations. And it's going to destroy downtown and it will creep out to the suburbs. Uh, they're putting homeless people on the light rail, sending them down to Lone Tree. Uh, you know, it, it's it's. What, what what is the end game with this? Just ignore it. Just keep pushing these people away. They they have to address these problems, and this is what leadership of a city requires: making decisions for the benefit of the city and the residents of the city and surrounding areas. And they're not doing that. Uh, it, it's almost deliberate that they're trying to create chaos and and uh, just make a disaster of it. The city officials are well protected. They live in nice neighborhoods. They have security. Uh, but the average citizen living in Denver, uh, not so much. And these crimes are real. Somebody gets mugged or assaulted or uh, car stolen, theft, car theft. Yeah, that's that's a, a major disruptive event. And when that happens to people, they think twice about, gee, do I really want to live here? Maybe I want to live in another part of the state or in another state altogether. And population, Colorado used to be growing. It's, that stopped. So uh, we're about even. And I predict in the next few years, population will decline, as it is in California and other places like that, where people are deciding, yeah, it's a beautiful state and mountains and skiing and all that, but uh, it's not worth my safety. No, I know. And people are starting to make that decision. We we have just a little a little bit of time left here. Um, I did just uh, I have this great text line and that is um, 720-605-0647. And this came in and says, we very much appreciate Dr. June Depp. So uh, <laughs> I thought I'd let you know that listeners are oh, texting in on that. <laughs> That's uh, we've thank got you. a we've got a minute left. How would you like to button this up? Well, in terms of the, the sudden deaths, I think this uh, necessitates explanation. The health authorities need to say something. If they were wrong about uh, previous recommendations or vaccines or anything, get out in front of it and admit it. We're not expecting perfection from our, our people. This was a 
crazy time a few years ago. And if people were wrong, admit it and set the record straight rather than just doubling down and ignoring it. Because uh, that's the problem with lies. You keep telling lies, they pile up, and eventually it all explodes. And if credibility is lost when it's needed again in the future, it won't be there. People are going to treat this as the boy who cried wolf, and they're going to uh, ignore these things, and that's not going to go well. That has consequences as well when, when something serious happens. So they need to get out in front of it. And in terms of Denver, well, the people of Denver are voting for this. So um, in a democracy, people get the government they deserve, and that's what we're seeing. You vote yes, for this type of leadership and policies, well, you'll get it, and don't complain about it. It's it's ugly, Dr. Brian June Deff. So thank you for these important pieces that you're writing that people can find at Rasmussen Reports or American Thinker. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, and our quote for the end of the show is from Henri Frederick Emile. says, truth is not only violated by falsehood, it may be equally outraged by silence. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into to a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team that I work with. That's producer Steve, uh, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Monday, producer Steve. Uh, Almost a magnificent Monday. It is. Hey, if if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, it's a magnificent uh, Monday, huh? Well, okay. Now, wait a minute. Don't. Don't get out in front of yourself here. It appears that they won, yes, but since the game was played in Arizona, we're going to have to wait another two weeks before the official announcement or outcome. And we may find out that Philadelphia won. Yeah. <laughs> not funny. That's not funny at all, Steve. <laughs> but um, Somebody somewhere yeah. is smiling right now. Yeah, yeah. So being a Kansas kid, I was excited that Kansas City won. And and uh, be sure and, and check out um, the rebroadcast of our number one, one to two in the afternoon on all the KLC 560 platforms. But I was working diligently on this uh, email and getting things posted on the Colorado um, Union of Taxpayers uh, website and this email that's going to go out today. And so I only really watched the last 30 seconds, and that's all I needed to watch, Steve. Well, you, okay, how to say this? The first half was incredibly, you know, Philadelphia took charge. And if you've been following in the last six weeks or so, Mahomes, the quarterback from Kansas City, he had a very significant ankle injury. 
he took, uh, you know, in the, let's see, uh, what, what came first, the chicken or the egg, leading up to the championship game, and he had that week off, and, they, you know, they did their best to put him back together, and he did okay. Now he has two weeks off to the Super Bowl, and, you know, before the game, he was pretty upfront saying, I think, you know, you know, the Lord has helped me heal, and I'm ready to go. Well, in the second quarter, just not too long before the uh, halftime, he got his ankle tweaked again. And they were still like 10 points behind. So it looked pretty bleak for them. Well, and, and I did. I was aware of that. Again, I was kind of watching it out of the corner of my eye. Oh. And then I was watching third and fourth quarter. And I'm like, is he back in? But he came back in, right? Oh, and- he did. And heck, in the last uh, couple minutes, he had a sprint down the middle of the field by 25, 30 yards. It's like, there's nothing wrong with his ankle. Well, I, I tell you, the, you, I think that's why people do love sports is because of overcoming uh, uh, obstacles. Uh, it's such a it's such a story of, of, of human competition. And it, it's so interesting. So what a great story. And, uh, of course, a great place to have watched the game was at Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And they have great specials Monday through Friday for both lunch and happy hour. And a great place to get together to watch sports. Of course, football's over now, but we've got uh, hockey. Uh, baseball's right around the corner. Spring training will be starting. And uh, so Hooters Restaurants, great sponsors of both the shows. And it's a wonderful story about freedom, free markets, and capitalism, how I I got to know them. And uh, so you can check that out at my website. And it is so important that we search for truth and clarity for these issues. A great sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan uh, State Farm Insurance Team. And Roger, I wanted to ask you about condominium and town uh, townhouse insurance, because there's things that people should know about that. Yes, and that is an interesting topic. It has a lot of moving parts. But what I'd like to focus on is what they call loss assessment. Um, If you have a claim, and let's say the HOA actually has a master policy and they have a claim, and some of these master policies, where I live, there's 98 units and there may be $56 million of coverage, and there may be a $4 million deductible, as is in the case in our subdivision, or our HOA. $4 million, a hailstorm comes through and destroys the roofs, and let's say it's a $6 million loss. $4 million has to be absorbed by the HOA itself, and the insurance company would pay the other $2 million. So how does that work? Most HOAs do not have $4 million in reserves, so they go to each individual unit owner and say, your pro rata share of that $4 million may be $30,000, could be twenty, whatever the formula is that produces the assessment. But you get a bill from your HOA that says, we're going to assess you for X, and let's say X is 15000 to pick a number. Your policy that you have, your HO6 condominium slash townhouse policy, has a line of coverage called loss assessment. And your insurance company will pay up to the limit of that policy. So let's say you have loss assessment for 25000 but the assessment is thirty. Well, that 30000 you're going to have to pay five of that thirty. Your policy would pay twenty-five thousand of that thirty. Please, 
if you're living in an HOA, contact your individual agent, whoever it might be, and find out what coverage you have for that loss assessment. Well, and Colorado is a hailstorm city here. So this is something that could really, people could be facing and they don't even know it. Yes, it's, uh, and I, I, I would admonish anybody in a kind way to be proactive, call their agent and figure out what weaknesses or strengths you have in your policy. Colorado is number one in the nation in terms of hail losses, the front range primarily. Texas is right behind us. But the only place in the world that gets more hail than us is in uh, Nepal or in uh, Tibet, where not very many people live, where they have massive hailstorms because of the high mountain ranges. So we live in a very accident hail-prone area. And when a storm comes through, those storms, before we developed the Denver area, you know, when people moving in, a storm can come through and we wouldn't have much of a claim. Today, when they come through because of the expansion of the borders of the cities, we can have a $200 million claim for the industry. And State Farm share might be for, you know, 40, 40 million of the $200 million. So it's, yeah, it's something that will happen. Probably a hailstorm every two or three years on a massive scale. And and another thing you might want to do is check with your your HOA and find out what kind of reserves they have. So their reserves are a million dollars and their deductible is $4 million, guess what? You're going to get an assessment. Okay. doesn't take a rocket scientist yeah. to figure that one out. So, yes, do both of those things. Roger, I so appreciate uh, you and your team as sponsors of the show. How can they reach you? Call us, please. We'd be glad to analyze any policies you have with uh, other companies. And call us at 303-795-8855. Yes. That's 303-795-8855. Roger, thank you so much. You bet, Kim. This is called service. You hook me up with auto and renters. Props to my insurance mentor. You made it easy to cover my bed in a box and my extensive collection of clocks. You know, I find it kind of funny that you also save me money. You've got that good neighbor charm. Give it up. For State Farm. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive, fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact threepointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim And thank you for all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I'm absolutely thrilled to have on the line with me, Jeffrey Tucker. He is the founder and president of the Brownstone Institute. He is also senior economics columnist for Epic Times. He's the author of 10 books, including Liberty or Lockdown and thousands of articles in the scholarly and popular press. He speaks widely on topics of economics, technology, social philosophy and culture. Jeffrey Tucker, welcome to the show. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. I wanted to begin by talking with you regarding this piece that you recently published. People can find it at brownstone.org. That's brownstone.org. And uh, it is titled uh, COVID and the Three Tests of Compliance. And we're we're moving away from a free society to a compliance society, and COVID is a perfect example of that, uh, Jeffrey Tucker. You know, I wrote this piece to, just to help people think about the last uh, three years. One of the big problems is that everything has been in such upheaval. We're all kind of confused and lost. You know, we don't know whether to behave normally. Some things seem normal. Other things don't seem normal. <laughs> we have a hard time kind of keeping track of everything that happened. We got hit with such a blizzard of uh, uh, compliance demands and wild claims and, and, and fake science and counterclaims. It's just been a, a period of great disorientation. So the, my purpose in writing the piece is just to break it down in a ways that were sort of easy to remember. And I just framed it up as three different compliance tests. Um, the first being uh, lockdown. You know, we were told not to go to church, not to go to the gym, not to put the kids in school, uh, close the businesses, slog your way to Walmart, give Walmart your money, don't give it to the local uh, uh, business, and, uh, and, and don't cross state lines unless you quarantine for two weeks. It was the whole kind of panoply of lockdown ideology and the, the idea was somehow we're supposed to flatten the curve or avoid the bug or whatever, and uh, which turns out to be ridiculous because it's a widespread respiratory virus, and and we don't have any empirical evidence these lockdowns actually achieved anything anyway. But that was the first test, and everybody was asked to go along, even if you didn't quite believe it, you were expected to go along anyway. And the media, you know, condemned you if you did other things, and the press was all involved, and the big tech censored you, and so on. This has lasted for a good period of time in 2020. Early on, they said that masks don't do any good, but then suddenly they did, and we were all required to wear them, and there was no real explanation. So that became the second test of compliance. What they said was, you can get out of lockdown if you wear a mask. And so many people dutifully uh, complied. This well, it's not that big a deal. Just to cover your face, I can do that. But then uh, the lockdowns continued. So we, there we were, lockdown and masked. <laughs> so, so you had to wear a mask while you were locked down. That's crazy, Bill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But every at every stage, it was like, well, okay, there's a pathogen that's bad. Lockdown that'll make it go away. Then it was, well, uh, lockdowns are bad. Uh, uh, now wear a mask, and that way the lockdowns will go away. But in those days, you know, it, each promise was sort of betrayed. Right? <laughs> we went along with a new thing, and then the old thing that we didn't like was still with us. And then, of course, uh, 
by 21, we had uh, the vaccination, which they were initially just offering to people. And then, of course, the mandates came along. Um, the Biden administration became particularly exercised about these mandates. They wanted to get, you know, first it's 70 percent, then 80 percent, then 90 percent of the population uh, vaccinated. And they were upset that they weren't able to do it. And so they, the mandate started uh, initially in the public sector. It was like all federal employees and all the hospital workers. And at the same time, they started imposing more and more mask mandates, you know, on public transportation. And, and uh, uh, you know, if you ride a bus, you have to wear a mask. And so I need people were getting sick of masks at this point. Uh, but then the idea was that if you get vaccinated, then you don't have to wear a mask. And then you'd have to be in lockdown. So during this period, we actually experimented with things that were just puzzles, just beyond belief, really. Like the whole city of New York was segregated by vaccine status, which was an astounding thing because it meant that, uh, you know, minority communities were most resistant to get the vaccine. And, for example, 40, at least 40 percent of the African-American community in New York was not allowed to go to restaurants and bars and, and theaters and libraries. Where have we heard this before? You know, <laughs> <laughs> really uh, sounds like Jim Crow laws to me. <laughs> yeah, it was basically Jim Crow uh, laws by vaccine status. Um, you know, we divided the whole country between clean and unclean, and the demonization of the vac- of the unvaccinated. You're prolonging the pandemic. Uh, our patience is running out. You're going to experience a winter of, of, of death and suffering if you're not vaccinated, and so on. So. Yeah, and, and the idea of the vaccine was that it was going to mean that you didn't have to wear a mask and then you could be out of lockdown. But, of course, that didn't work either. You know, so we still had domestic capacity restrictions, mask mandates and vaccine mandates. So it just got one layer after another of nonsense. And here we are now three years later and we wonder what it was all about. And a lot of people went along. A lot of people didn't go along, but it would be being massively divisive in terms of our communities, our family relationships, our professional status. Millions of people were displaced from their jobs. It, it was just an incredible calamity. I just rendered it in this article as the three tests of compliance. You know, how much are you willing to go along, even at the point where you just realize that this is kind of nothing's really making any sense anymore. Uh, I hope we've learned from it. I guess that's my main message. Well, so a couple of things. Uh, I think that there is a silver lining to this COVID cloud, and that is is it's kind of come off on this kind of this compliant tyranny that uh, we've seen happening incrementally in in America. Now, there will I think there will always be maybe 20% of the people that will just drink the Kool-Aid and do whatever uh, they're told to do, but I am encouraged that there are moderate Democrats and unaffiliateds and libertarians and Republicans and conservatives that are all looking at this going, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. And so I'm encouraged uh, regarding that, Jeffrey Tucker. I'm super excited about what's happened in light of all this stuff. We are developing a whole, I I wish I had a word for it, but it's like a a superstructure of a a new culture is is actually emerging. And it's happening in all realms of society. We have new scientific uh, organizations forming all over the country, new grassroots political organizations. 
Uh, homeschooling has exploded. New churches have started. Uh, new media companies everywhere. Uh, new enterprises and 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 uh, farmers and grocery stores. Uh, people are rethinking everything. You know, they've they've moved to to out of blue states to red states. It it, it really has prompted a kind of a, a remarkable social and cultural. I guess you would call it like a reformation or a renaissance that's taking place right now, all based on the idea that we were lied to and it was not good for us or our families or for our society or our country. And people are really working to achieve something new. This is really tremendous to me. I mean, I like to think that Brownstone Institute is part of this, a a kind of research institute that's left the past behind, left all these failed institutions behind and trying something new. But it's, we're hardly alone. I mean, it's it's, it's all over the place. And, and every profession, there, there are new organizations and and uh, the, the funding dollars are draining away from the old institutions that failed to protect us and are going towards people that are much more sophisticated and robust and ready to fight for our rights. Oh, we have new versions of the ACLU. You know, we have... New, basically new versions of all the things that we used to believe in that were going to protect us that failed, we have new and improved versions of those things going on all over the country. So in a funny way, despite all the carnage, uh, I you know, I sometimes think that the rot was there, but we just didn't really know it. And the COVID response kind of exposed it all. And now we know what we need to do, which is just completely start on a new path to save civilization. Oh, God, there's so much I want to ask you. So first first thing, Jeffrey, I, I send out a newsletter on Sundays uh, and highlight our upcoming guests as our mo- most recent essays. And so I was working through, I normally try to capture a picture of our, our guests. And uh, Zach, my media guy, um, w- anyway, we're talking about your picture because we had to go out and find one. I think we got it from Wikipedia or whatever. But anyway, um uh-huh. And I was talking about you, and I said, uh, I said that you are so brave. Uh, I first started to see you in the Epic Times. I'm like, oh, I'd love to have that guy on the show. And finally, I reached out to you, and we did a special show during Christmas week with you on that. But the, 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 you have such courage in what you are writing right now that I, my hat is off to you. And in fact, uh, let's see here. I... Um, a listener had just texted in how much they appreciate you, but uh, you you have such tremendous courage with your your pen and your voice. Uh, well, uh, thank you for saying that. You know, I don't I don't think of it that way. I mean, one of the problems is that uh, about 17 years ago, I wrote my first article on pandemic planning, and I said, you know what they're going to do? They're going to use the excuse of of a pathogen. You know, we're surrounded by trillions of them, and our bodies, outside of our bodies, are everywhere. We have a difficult relationship with the, the uh, microbial kingdom. You know, <laughs> a complicated dance we engage in. But there's so much loss of of knowledge in our generation. At some point, some bad guys are going to are going to pull out the pandemic card, and they're going to do terrible things to us. And I wrote this back in 2000. Five, you know, and so I've been kind of watching this for a long time, uh, and and studying all the germ games they're playing, and seeing big form get involved, and uh, I saw the whole machinery sort of developing. I, I was just kind of in waiting for this. So in January of 2020, when 
I started hearing about this this uh, uh, bug in China and then watching the propaganda videos of people dropping dead on the streets and, and locking that, I thought, oh, here we go. It's all coming. So for me, it's just been a matter of um, not so much courage, but just journalism. Real journalism requires courage. I just wasn't surprised by anything. And so for me... Um, I think it's been easier for me just because than it has been for a lot of people, just because I, I, I saw the this, this script before they made the movie, basically. You know, I, I, I knew what was coming and I saw uh, everything, you know, it was easy to see all, it, it all being for, you know. And so for me, it's just been a matter of you know, documenting the events as they've, as they've happened. So it was never a question of, of going along with this, uh, just simply because... You know, like I say, I saw the script already, you know, and it's been in process for, we were working on this for a decade and a half before it was actually done. You know, what's strange about this is that the pandemic response that we saw, it nowhere existed in the official plans of the CDC or the World Health Organization or anything like that. But, you know, they, they had never adjusted their official plans. Those, those all seemed more or less reasonable, you know, which was when the pathogen comes along, figure out who's vulnerable. Uh, figure out the therapeutics. I mean, just normal stuff that you know we've done for a hundred years. But there was this kind of uh, meta uh, 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 organizations developing around it, where they had alternative plans, which was to basically what they called going medieval, you know, and locking everybody down and and uh, making the virus go away through <laughs> through uh, coercion or whatever. And uh, and and so and so, sure enough, there was, I knew that they were just waiting for a time to deploy it. But what amused me about the whole thing is that it was transpiring was how Fauci and company just uh, hilariously pretended as if this was just entirely normal stuff. Wow, no, these are just common sense public health measures. I mean, <laughs> we've never done anything like this basically ever. Not even the Middle Ages were they that stupid. They never closed the churches, you know. So, I mean. It was just kind of it's just kind of funny the level of propaganda is beyond belief. Uh, I well, and, I really people wouldn't believe it, but unfortunately too many people did. Well, there was so much help though from uh, the media and big tech. There was so much help on that. But yet what is so important, Jeffrey Tucker, is a little light, a little truth goes a long way. And that's one of the things that you do at the Brownstone Institute. We get to have these great conversations because of my wonderful sponsors. And Karen Levine uh, is a award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That's why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Monson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler 
is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious. IPAC EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org, ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Mom, why is it so cold in the house? Is the thermostat broken? The Public Utilities Commission approved another rate increase, and I can't afford the bill. Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. <clears throat> that is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. We have our new text line. That is 720-605-0647, and it is very busy today. Love hearing from you. And uh, Jeffrey Tucker with the Brown Stone Institute just got this message. He says, Jeffrey speaks with such clarity and is so insightful. I really enjoy reading his pieces. I'm thrilled that you got him on. So that's a great segue to Jeffrey Tucker with the Brownstone Institute. Uh, so next question, Jeffrey, you said that, uh, first of all, that you had, had realized back in 2005 that there was this pandemic planning. And uh, this whole lockdown thing was not within the official plan, but over the years, we have given up, we the people, a, a representative government to the administrative state, uh, because I think electeds have abdicated their responsibilities because they want to get elected. And I was astounded in 2019, some moms had reached out to me regarding some vaccine legislation that was going through the Colorado legislature. And it was at that point, I'm like, and and I was a little late to the party. It took me a couple of weeks to read the legislation. And then I realized that it was giving an unelected, unaccountable bureaucrat the power to dictate what we would put into our bodies. And I thought, this is danger, danger. Well, they've been playing long ball on on this, uh, Jeffrey Tucker. You know, it's a remarkable thing that when you think about it, that nothing that's happened in the last three years from the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates, the lockdowns and closures, and the, you're saying you, you can't cross state lines. None of that was voted on by any elected. I can't believe it. None of it was vote was was voted on by any elected body of of the people's representatives. None of it. It wasn't even approved by the courts. I mean, how does this happen in this country? You look through the Constitution, you don't see anything about the CDC, much less the World Health Organization, or your your county public health people, whatever. 
they took over our lives. I mean, let me just give you one quick example. There's an organization that's part of uh, the, the Department of Homeland Security called Cyber Information, Cyber Cyber Security Infrastructure uh, Security Council, and uh, they, you know. This is amazing. Sorry, I've got another uh, interview coming in. Unfortunately, I double booked, so I'm going to have to uh, let you go soon. But they're the ones who divided the entire workforce between um, between uh, uh, between uh, essential and non-essential. It, it was a, a small Washington bureaucracy did it for the entire American workforce, if you can believe it. And it's it's called CISA, and this thing didn't even exist five years ago. So this is sort of the outrages we faced. Look, I guess from my point of view, the, the most important thing we have to do right now is return government to the people and return the con- to the Constitution, return democracy to the people. So at least we're making the decisions for ourselves about deferring to these administrative bureaucrats. Listen, I am so sorry that I have to uh, let you go right now just because I, I, I don't have an assistant, and I did double book. <laughs> so I've got this radio show frantically calling me. I'm so sorry. I hope we can do it again. Well, a- absolutely, and that uh, that just is a testament on how much people want to t- uh, talk with you, Jeffrey Tucker. So we will get you rebooked, and thank you, and uh, greatly, you. greatly appreciate so it. No worries. Okay. Uh, and. Okay, we will get him on again, and so grateful for what he, uh, you know, what he is doing now. A uh, couple of things uh, we have. Uh, Eric said, if he knew all of this, why didn't he say something? I think that he probably did. So we'll have to, we'll have to ask him about that. Uh, he founded the Brownstone Institute in order to talk about these important issues. And when he mentioned everyday people stepping forward to reclaim our country. We are seeing that here in Colorado big time. And there's all of these um, very important um, county GOP organizational meetings that are going on. And there's this big rub between uh, the um, Republican consultant establishment class and the grassroots. And so we're seeing this big rub going on right now. And uh, that's why I would encourage you to go to my website and check out the essay that I wrote this weekend. We published it. Radical Democrats and Republican consultants are complicit in Colorado's troubles. And uh, I've been connecting the dots on these consultants <clears throat> that uh, are not standing for our American principles. Our, and uh, one of those is regarding our housing. And uh, so I talk extensively about that Prop 123, which was the affordable housing initiative that was narrowly passed uh, by the people of Colorado. Six Over $6 million, almost $6.6 million was put forward to push that out by really left-leaning organizations primarily. Uh, but we found out that a Republican, um, former state GOP chair, he's uh, gone, many uh, media people go to him as a go-to Republican strategist, and that's Dick Wadhams, that he was actually out there on the stump in favor of this Prop 123, uh, which it undercuts private property rights, home ownership, and individual wealth creation. And he was paid to do it. He was paid $27,500. And I actually have the information from uh, the Colorado Secretary of State Tracer Report there. So I would highly encourage people take a look, to take a look at that. Steve, I think that you read the essay, correct? 
I did. And I'm I just going to horn in here for a second to say, can I stop you long enough to say thank you for writing that? Because, yeah, we, we talk about this quite a bit and we have over the last, uh, I don't know, 30 days or so. But this is the nuts and bolts. This is the how, you know, people want to know the how, the when, what, who, where, when, why. This is it right here. And if you don't, if you're not already set, uh, subscribing to the newsletter that comes out every uh, Sunday afternoon, do so. Because this type of stuff, it really opens your eyes. And the saddest part of it is that there are people running around the state and they have an R behind their name. It doesn't mean much of anything anymore. When you get down to the nuts and bolts and what's going on with this particular one, uh, you've got to watch what you're doing. Well, and that is why uh, when I say we're bringing truth and clarity to these issues, uh, Zach asked me, he said, Kim, do you have somebody that is feeding you this information or are you connecting the dots? And actually, Steve, it's me connecting the dots from uh, I've really started to get involved after the 2012 election, 2011, 2012 I guess uh, coming up to the, that election, 2011, so gosh, that's what, 12 years ago. Uh, served on city council for four years. That was, that was, uh, I can't even tell you the, how important that experience was because I had a front row seat to start to connect the dots on the players. But it's taken a while for me to figure this out. So this, this piece that I wrote is, a culmination of me just watching what has been happening in Colorado. And I will tell you, there are more essays to come to connect these dots because um, basically um, the radical activist Democrats and the Republicans consultant at Lee class are working together. So they're on almost opposite ends of the spectrum. And then there's all of us, regular people, that big, broad middle. And those two entities are working together and why for the Democrats, the, and again, it's radical activist Democrats. This is not the Democrat Party of JFK. People need to understand this. This is not an R and a D thing. This is a right versus wrong. This is, this is, a, this is an American thing. This is a thing for Colorado. So it's not R versus D. This is grassroots, we the people, and the the elites that want to control our lives, Steve. What did uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders say last week in her response? I mean, uh, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, it's not like it used to be. It's downright nuts right now. But, hey, here's technology in action. While we are talking right now, I'm on the website. Four people just went past and said they signed up for the newsletters, including uh, Kevin and Heather. So uh, you call it connecting the dots. Uh, you also might like this analogy, too, since you're from Kansas, a Kansas farm girl. The farmers out in Kansas, they watch the signs, and they can tell what the weather is going to do. In a way, you're watching the signs, too. I am. And, uh, the, and the reason that we do this is because I care deeply about each of you, I care deeply about our children. I care deeply about our grandchildren, what we're passing on to them. And uh, so speaking truth into this, I, I somebody said to me yesterday, do you think you're going to get some pushback on this? Because I named names. Uh, and that was, uh, again, Dick Wadhams. He was paid to go out and support this initiative that undercuts the American idea. And I said, well, it, it, it could get interesting, but it is time. It is really time that we connect these dots. Get pushback and, uh, on so, what, though? I mean, you're, you're, here's a man who's in a leadership position. 
he's he's doing I don't call it wrongdoing, but he's you know being very disingenuous. Yeah. Um Yes, he is being very disingenuous. And the problem is, is people have looked to uh, these elites, consultant elites, for guidance on on uh, initiatives, on candidates to vote for. And uh, I laid it out, first of all, that Colorado's in trouble. And I just went through a number of different things. And the reason is, is because... Uh, because, well, and I wanted to finish this thought. Democrats, the radical activist Democrats, are doing this for power and money. The Republican consultants are selling us out for money. And Colorado is in big trouble because of that. And we have these important conversations because of great sponsors. Lauren Levy uh, is an expert in the mortgage arena, and he's a sponsor of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories. And I just love having him as one of our sponsors. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment environment for all customers. Come to Franktown for a comfortable, no-pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. We'll get into text messages. I got a ton of those. That text line is 720-605-0647. If you want to call in, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We talk about standing against the bad guys, standing against tyranny. And that is why it is so important to support the USMC Memorial Foundation in their remodel model 
of the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. It's so important to know the stories, to honor those that have uh, been willing to give their lives or given their lives so that we today, this is our time, that we stand against tyranny. And uh, you can help them by going to the USMCMemorialFoundation.org, the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. So uh, let's see, phone calls, 303-477-5600. I'm going to go start to go to work on responding to some of the texts. Uh, got one here from Sandy. She uh, has uh, shared a... Um, a photo uh, from a town in Germany where they are, uh, uh, they have in this town square, they have pictures of so many people that have died, young people of vaccines, well, of blood clots and myocarditis. And she says that, um, boy, it would be powerful if we had that in every town. Uh, next here, Susan. Um, she said, Jeffrey Tucker's correct. She saw this coming too. Over many years, people were directed to focus on illnesses, and she believes that is coerced. She said she's happy uh, to hear his optimism. I am as well. Uh, Richard said, I'm picking up great new experts. Uh, best economist is Stephen Moore. I should probably reach out to him. Um, she says, thank you there. Uh, continuing on. The text line. Um, hold on, Steve. Just going through this. Let's see here. Just a comment regarding uh, Dick Wadhams on this as well, Steve. Um, so why don't you make a comment here while I'm trying to get my brain around all these text messages, Steve? Well, I hate, <laughs> well this is still dependent on you. I don't know that you did the quote of the day for uh, this hour. We tore into the oh. Super Bowl so quickly and then... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think we missed it. I think I think you're right. So let me get to that here. I'm um, doing that via the computer. And I, I, and I was looking for it because I was looking for quotes regarding character. <clears throat> and I'm looking at so many of these Republicans that are on the wrong side of these issues. And clearly, uh, Dick Wadhams is one of those, and he's being paid to do so. So I was looking for character issues. And this is from Henri Frederick Emil. He was a Swiss moral philosopher, poet, and critic, born in 1821, died in 1881. And he said this, It is not what he has nor what he does which directly expresses the worth of a man, but what he is. And so we need to continue to have these conversations about character, Producer Steve. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're touching on the morals and ethics of the, especially the people who stand up and say they want to be part of our, you know, our government. Right. And, you know, I had this big speech because I was thinking of this last night. I was, I was drifting off to sleep. You know, politics... And, and we know enough about politics in other countries to say it's not just a, a something that you know it, that can be a plague here. It it just seems to be this the flaws of human nature, and where people get up to lead, and then they you know the, you know they take power, and then the strangest things start to happen. <laughs> that is, that is. I'm listening to you, but I I got this message from somebody. It says, I envision a few well-designed and tasteful huge billboards that read, tired of your ever-degenerating old AM radio show? Try something different. Kim Munson, 6 to 8 a.m. on KLZ Radio, 560 a.m. I, I love the way they're thinking, Steve. I want to see that on a billboard, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, another uh, oh, Alan in Lakewood, what's on your radar? Welcome. 
Yes, we've got uh, a lot of brave Republicans out there telling us how we've got to out uh, ballot harvest the Democrats and fix the voter rolls. That is exactly correct. But we can have no access to the voter rolls because of the policy of the Secretary of State, and uh, they're considered private. Uh, and we're losing the first step in winning this, and I hope you get the uh, uh, people running for the state party chair of the Republican Party on. The first step is making those ballot rolls, or those voter rolls, public and accessible at least to the party chairs. So uh, uh, Judicial Watch is suing the state of Illinois to make the voter rolls public information and we need to get involved with that, and I don't know of anybody that is pushing for that as an activist thing that needs to be done in this state before we'll get anywhere. Uh, Ellen Lakewood, thank you so much. So, so several different things. I had Jay Valentine on recently about what you're, exactly what you're talking about, yes. transparency to these voter rolls. And uh, because if you find out, as he said, if you find out that there's 12 people that are registered to vote at a location you know, just down the street from you, people are going to start to ask questions. So that's a really great point. Alan, I do not think that there is any way that – Republicans can out-ballot harvest uh, Democrats, particularly until we get these um, the, uh, voter rolls transparent. And so, but exactly. excellent point, excellent point. And uh, yes, this election for the uh, state GOP chair is so important, and that election will occur on March 11th. So good idea. I'll go to work on getting these candidates on because I have some questions that I want to ask them. So Alan and Lakewood, thank you so much. Bless you. Okay, and do we have Johnny in Denver, did you say, Steve? Johnny in Denver, what's on your radar? I, I just uh, heard Michael Hancock talking about the um, people that are running for America, for mayor, uh, should do more research because some of the things they say they're going to do, he's already doing. One thing he said he, that they're doing. You mean like destroying he, uh, uh, destroying Denver? <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, this other part where he's taking money from others to give to others. He's offering free rent for businesses that uh, set up in downtown Denver for a year. As he said, it worked out so well um, last year. And I just I was just thinking, like, okay, free, free rent. Somebody else is paying for that. We the taxpayers. And, uh, and this is supposed to be a good thing instead of just cleaning up downtown. And they will organically come back if you just do your job. Oh, Johnny and Denver, you you totally you totally nailed it there. If they uh, if he did his job and uh, Denver was not dirty and crime ridden, uh, then it would organically happen. And uh, I I actually I think Patty had a headline that there was somebody that said that they couldn't even make it with the free rent. But the other thing is is government. One of the things that they live off of is sales tax revenue. And so obviously this is hurting the bottom line for the city and county of Denver because when there's no businesses on the 16th Street Mall that people are going to to um, 
eat you know eat at restaurants or buy their their um, products, yeah. then that is directly affecting the bottom line of Denver. And so uh, I don't see Michael Hancock reducing his budget. So he will continue uh, to try to take more and more money from hardworking people to pay for this debacle of what is Denver now, uh, Johnny. Yes. Yes. And it's just like it's just passing it the buck down the road because the next guy is going to be having to put up with the same thing and uh, with no solutions but to, uh, you know, take from one and give to another and, and call it free. And ultimately, then what happens is you run out of other people's money because the people that you're taking from, they're going to move out of Colorado. So, Johnny in Denver, thank you so much. Eric and Stapleton, what's on your radar? Jim, good morning. Um, straight to the point. Uh, General Griswold was re- uh, elected. And can we get someone as brilliant, the love of my life, Tina Peters, to help us recall her? I'll get off the. And I'll listen to your answer after that. Bye now. Well, right now, Tina Peters, uh, her trial is going to be in March. And so she's busy, busy with that. Um, I think maybe we need to have somebody else regarding recalling. I mean, ultimately, I wish that we would make these choices at the ballot box. Of course, Jenna Griswold. Um, runs the elections, and there's this terrible Senate Bill 23101 that is being run by Republicans that would uh, actually put all the power of our elections into Jenna Griswold's hands, and we wonder why they would do it. We'll take a look at my piece that I had have written regarding uh, radical activist Democrats and Republican consultants working together on this. So uh, it's a good point. (laughs) Would you think that Jenna Griswold is watching or was watching what was going on in Arizona with Katie Hobbs? And now that she knows how to do it, you know, maybe that's her next, uh, you know, her next thing. (laughs) Well, and these Republicans with Senate Bill uh, 23101 is giving her all the power because the only way to get on the ballot would be regarding um, a petition and the Secretary of State gets to decide whether or not those uh, signatures on that petition are valid. So they are giving this control to her. But uh, but obviously they're not giving total control because they're probably working together. And that's the point of my piece. And so be sure and check that out at KimMunson.com. And a very appropriate quote for the end of the show from Henri Frederic Emile. He said, truth is not only violated by falsehood, it may be equally outraged by silence. Again, truth is not only violated by falsehood, it may be equally outraged by silence. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. 